1: Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at Poor Richard's Cafe located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas and Brian Murphy. Uh, it is the high school softball playoffs they are about to start this week, so what a uh, what a better way to break in the postseason with what I'm sure is going to feel like a very all too exhausting playoff preview. As we touch on all four of our major regions, we'll start with some 6A, then we'll get to 5A, and we start in Region One, 6A. Um, Justin, this is your neck of the woods, mm-hmm. um, and what figures to be a pretty uh, pretty compelling for series of first round matchups between Districts 5, 6A, and 6, 6A. And you already talked a little bit about each matchup you know, on Thursday's podcast, so the matchups just a refresher. You have Hebron going up against Northwest Eaton uh, Marcus taking on Geyer uh, Flower Mound against South Lake Carroll and Capel versus Keller so of those four matchups Justin what do you think is the most high profile one that is on the uh, on the docket for later this week I'm going to say Capel and Keller okay and the 1-4 interesting the one angle four. to take with this okay yeah
2: Um, Obviously, you know, Keller's been, you know, one of the premier teams Mm -hmm. in the whole, and not just the area, but the state over the past three or four years, including (coughs) some state titles, and I believe making the regional finals last year. Um, But this is a pretty feisty, I mean, you can't draw a tougher number four seed than Capel this year, as kind of we talked about last Thursday, Mm -hmm. they finished fourth, they lost six games in district, all to the top three teams, and all of them were either one run or extra innings last at bat losses, so... You know, they've been right there with the top three teams in this district. So um, Keller's going to have, I'm not going to say they're going to have their hands full because obviously they're awesome. But in, in terms of a 1 4 matchup, I can't imagine a, a tougher four seed mm-hmm. than Capel. And it uh, looks like Coppell won the flip because yeah. it's going to be a one game series Friday at Colleyville Heritage. So <laughs> they're only going to have to beat him once if they want to <laughs> knock him out. So that's the one that kind of has caught my eye right off the bat.
1: That adds a very interesting dynamic to this versus the best of three because yeah. over the best of three, like most times the better team wins. Yeah. Um, whereas with the one game, I mean, hey, it's the old cliche anything can happen.
2: Yeah. And this is a very experienced Coppell team. Mm-hmm. You know, they made the playoffs, they won back to back district titles, they made the third round of the playoffs last year. They have a quality pitcher in Nora Rodriguez, who's also a pretty good hitter, and then a pr- pretty deep and versatile lineup. A lot of left-handed hitters, mm-hmm. a lot of slappers that should be able maybe to you know, put some pressure on the Keller defense and make them make plays. Um, so I'm pretty intrigued by that one.
1: With uh, I, I, I forget what it was like last year with Keller because I want to say like either every round of last year's playoff run for Keller or all but one, they had a one-game playoff. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, they're I guess used to coming up kind of on the wrong end of these coin flips. You think the odds would level out at some point, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. yes, starting off their postseason run with a one gamer against Capel. Um, beyond that, said so you have Heber and you have Marcus and you have Flower Mound. Um, I mean, just what yeah. about those series kind well, of? Flower Mound obviously
2: gets a team that they played in district. The last two years so that's really opponent in uh, Southlake Carroll there and head coach Tim Stewie um typical Flower Mound team they win the district title once again they're going to play very solid defense they're going to get runners on and then press you on the bases and try to steal move runners around mm-hmm. um <coughs> excuse me and then of course they have a couple of quality pitchers and Caitlin Sadler uh leading the way so um Flower Mound made third round last year um you know, obviously a tough opponent in Southlake, but I like how this s- sets up for Flower Mound. This is going to be a three-game series. Game one, Wednesday at Southlake. Game mm-hmm. two, Thursday at Flower Mound. Game three still to be determined. Both, ga- oh, both the first two games are going to be at 7.30. Um, Marcus, they're going to get Dayton Geyer, another one-game series. Marcus is going to get a home game there, mm-hmm. 7 o'clock on Thursday. It's a Geyer team that um, finished third in 5-6-A. Um Beat Hebron in the by district on last year, so some familiarity between LISD and them over the past couple of years. Um, but kind of like I was saying about Capel in fourth place, you know, this was just a real jumbled district, not a whole lot separated. Flower Mound, Marcus, Hebron, mm-hmm. and Capel, so be interesting to see how that one shapes up. And then um, we mentioned Keller being the number two team in the state, while well, Northwest Eaton's actually ranked sixth. So Hebron's gonna have a pretty tough game. They're gonna have they actually got a series Thursday at Hebron, Friday at Eaton, and Saturday at Eaton if you need it. Um, so only team Eaton didn't only team Eaton lost to in district was was uh, Keller. So mm-hmm. they seem to be rolling pretty good and you know, ranked number six in the state. Hebron should have a tough a tough test there. But kind of like some of these other teams, they have a, a real versatile um, kind of pitcher. Audrey Fox is also a big hitter for them and another team that has a lot of experience back so I think when you kind of look at these LISD teams you just kind of hope that their uh, versatility
1: and their experience is what's going to be able to get them past some of these strong 5-6A five five, teams. You look at where some of the other strength is you know, elsewhere in this region and you know, uh, you mentioned the third round being the bugaboo for, for Flymount last year when they ran mm-hmm. into I believe it was Plano. Mm-hmm. Plano that went on to the state semifinals. Um the stars—if the stars, stars align—they make it through the first two rounds unscathed. You could get Flyer and Keller. Yeah. And then, um, and let's see, elsewhere, I believe in the top half of that region, you have Abilene, which I know they're ranked somewhere in the top five. And that would, um, you know, could conceivably be you know eaten or whatnot. Yeah. um But yes, that is a look at at least kind of worthy, uh, at least what is in store for some of the, uh, the Louisville ISD programs, plus Capel in Region One. Um, we'll get to Region Two in a bit. But what we got you here, Brian? You've got a squad that's over at 9, 6 968 that's yeah. playoff bound. So Prosper's going to make the playoffs in every single standings based sport this season.
3: And which ones did we pro- pro- project that they wouldn't make the playoffs? I know is earlier in the or year a few. We, we, certainly we certainly football. We football was the first yeah, one. Yeah, we we certainly a... didn't pick eight for eight. <laughs> So, no. no, but that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then Prosper has a new head coach, Todd Rainwater, yeah. you know, awesome story there of him, you know, being in law enforcement his entire career, and then a few years ago he's <laughs> like, Man, I want to go back to my passion of coaching. he, he said he always coached in some way or uh, some form or fashion, but then a few years ago, he, he hopped on as mm-hmm. assistant football coach, assistant softball coach, and now here he is, taking the reins of a Prosper softball program in the first season in 6A. You know, one of the toughest districts in the state in every sport, yeah. really. 9-6A, you know, you have the Behemoths and Plano and Allen and all those teams, and here they are, Prosper, the number two seed going into the playoffs. They face Garland. It's not the Garland, the same Garland team that, you know, wreaked havoc, you know, early, mid-2000s when mm-hmm. they won back-to-back state titles but nonetheless uh could be could be a good series that that series is going to be wednesday thursday friday all of the games at princeton hopefully weather allows wednesday to get that game in for game one but we'll see how how that goes you know they're led by julia bumford eight home runs on the year one of the top hitters uh in the area and then just a collective unit you know of, of of players of marissa mejia hayden allen lexi bell uh, Gabby Coffee, Gabby Coffee. Fun fact about her: she made the Brazilian national team. as wow. well. Todd okay. Rainwater shout out to Brazil? You know, <laughs> I am half Brazilian, so that's. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know they're they're just a really solid team. You know, up and down that lineup, and I think they could they can make a little run here in the playoffs.
1: Arguably the top offense in that district, with the exception of maybe like Plano West yeah. or whatnot. I mean, that was the uh, you know because I, I got to see Prosper a couple weeks ago when they played Plano West in the game that was essentially for the district title, and I don't think I I don't think. West West had ever had a team ticket to them just the way that Prosper did for those first couple innings. They scored six; they were up 6-0, I want to say in that game, and just clubbing everything. You just don't see players go at you know hit Tatum Boyd like that. Yeah. Now the other shoe dropped, and Plano West responded with thirteen unanswered, and I think that'll be at least as far as Prosper's long term prospects during the postseason. Just where the defense and pitching kind of fall into place, especially as you advance and the and the the, uh, the level of difficulty against these offenses really ramps up because 6 A was a district that was largely defined by Wiley and Saxey, mm-hmm. and there was a massive, massive line of demarcation between, you know, Saxey and Garland, the second and third seed. So it's a series that you would expect that on paper, Prosper should be able to take care of, of with a ton of resistance, but looking ahead, just, you know, big picture stuff, um, the offense is going to be there. I mean, they're accustomed to winning games. They'd just be playing out 8-7 to seven on yeah, a walk-off. On a walk-off, yeah. By Aiden Allen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've, I mean, they've won, I mean, they've no, they're no stranger to high-scoring games, yeah. but it's you know what happens pitching and defense-wise that'll ultimately determine what becomes of their playoff road. Yeah, they, and they've seen the best.
3: Pitcher in the state over from McKinney Boyd, they yeah. they put five runs on her. Yes. Uh, just a few weeks ago on on April 9th. So yeah. they they've proven they can hit the good pitching mm-hmm. Tatum Boyd and 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 then the girl from, uh, from McKinney Boyd. They've also won close games against Plano. Mm-hmm. They won a two one game a few weeks before that yep. against Plano. So they've won you know in a variety of fashions. And I think the way they've been battle tested in this district will help them in the playoffs.
1: And that is a look at um, Region One Six A and a little nice little preview of one of the teams we got in Region Two Six A. We will go. We'll just dive in head first into the rest of Region Two Six A in a moment. And let's pick things up with some talk about Region 2 6A. For this portion of the podcast, I'm being joined by Taylor Raglin and Devin Hassan to talk about a region where, at least locally, some stuff's actually kind of still uh, undecided, actually, heading yeah. into <laughs> to start the week. So, um, yeah, so at the time of it, we're recording this on Monday, obviously, and we're, just, uh, I guess, between, what, 9-6-A and 10-6-A. There are mm-hmm. still two play-in games for the last playoff spot in those respective districts. So we can quickly touch on those, um, since you guys will actually be covering that stuff live tonight. Um, Taylor, over at 9-6-A. Uh, We have Plano East against McKinney Boyd. Uh, You know, you have to win. It's pretty simple. Winner gets that last playoff spot. And uh, right now, it's uh, you know they split during the regular season. Both games kind of took on a pretty similar identity. Um, But I mean, you know know what you get with Plano East, and you know what you get with McKinney Boyd. They're two teams that I mean, Kinsey Cackley is. They Mm -hmm. they go as far as Kinsey Cackley and her brilliant. Her, I mean, her what almost 500 strikeouts or whatever ungodly number she's at. How far they will take them? And Plano East, a team that has shown flashes of. Being a a great team at times, and then, uh, but necessarily not necessarily rolling into this playing game with the most momentum in the world.
4: Yeah, I think the the main thing that that East is going to have to kind of shrug off is is the what might have been already. Mm. You know, they you look at a loss to McKinney, you look at a couple other you know narrow games in district play. There were several you know two or three probably off the top of my head opportunities where. You know, they can go back and say, well, you know, if we had just taken care of business here or here or here, then we wouldn't even be here. This wouldn't be a big deal. We'd be, you know, 6-6 six and six and in, and, and we wouldn't even have to worry about it. But um, that's not the case. You know, so the biggest thing for them, I think, is trying to shake that off. Um, you know, it was a similar situation uh, the last time I saw them play when they dropped to 5-7. and seven, um, You know, the, the errors will just kill them. You know, they it could be a, a perfect game for six innings and then the 7th, you know, like against Plano West, you know, one thing happens, a walk here, a pass ball here, a little bobble in the infield here, and all of a sudden you give up a grand slam and, and you're reeling, and, mm-hmm. and here we are in a playoff game. So, um, you know, like you said, for McKinney Boyd, it's it's Kinsey Cackley. I mean, in, in, in a situation like this, you have to think that the Lady Broncos are feeling pretty good <laughs> about where they're at. You get to roll her out um, in a win-or-go-home uh, scenario, um, absolutely going to be the better pitcher, um, you know, in the game tonight, but... You know, like you said, a Point of East can clean some of that stuff up, they've shown flashes of, of being a really, really good softball team this year. They just have to kind of stay out of their own way a little bit, so we'll see if, if they can manage yeah. to do that.
1: I mentioned this last Thursday, but you could say that, for, you could argue that top-to-bottom Planois is the more complete team.
4: Oh, yeah. And, absolutely. But
1: Cackley is just such an X-factor mm-hmm. just because there just isn't, you just can't yep. account for a pitcher like that. She's not your normal high school softball pitcher. Yep. You don't see pitchers that can throw as that fast with the variety of pitches. Her ability to mix her off-speed stuff with her, you know, with that rise ball and whatnot. I mean, she is absolutely lethal, and she's already no-hit East once this season, mm-hmm. and if it's just, if you got to put it into a, uh, if it's just a winner-take-all, one-game scenario, I mean, do you default to the team that has the better pitcher? Who knows? But nevertheless, though, the winner of that playing game will have a, a fairly a tall order on their hands as they draw the 10-6A champion, Wiley, mm-hmm. a team that, well, hey, you know what, both teams... Familiarity, yeah, for Yeah, sure. There won't be any lack of familiarity, for sure, because Wiley was in the district yep. with Plano East, with McKinney Boyd, these past two seasons in 6-6A, and it's a lot of those same kids. It's not like they had just some massive turnover and whatnot, so you do have that, but this Wiley team, as you can attest, Devin, has just been absolutely just blowing the doors off people lately. Just, I believe, two losses this season, something like that. I mean, they are among the top-ranked teams in the, uh, in the area, the region, well, what have well, you.
5: And one of those was a warm-up game against the 40 yeah. defending state champions, so I mean it's, uh, you know, Annie Gunther is, is an outstanding pitcher, yeah. Um you know, Isabella Dayton is one of the best hitters in the area. Ryland Wiggins is a good power hitter. I mean, yeah, that Wiley team is going to be tough for anybody. And I think that the familiar aspect of it... Um, it's going to help them because you know there's a lot of those teams that when you run up against a belt and you don't know too much about them. Mm-hmm. You know when you run up against uh, one of those Central Texas teams or Houston-based teams, you don't know too much about them. But um, you know I think I think going to be a factor. But as you alluded to earlier, there's going to be a lot of teams that can make that same yeah. claim.
1: Uh, but you've got a playing game on your end over with Rowlett as they look to try to scrape and claw for that last playoff spot in 10-6-8. Just talk a bit about how the Lady Eagles are faring heading into tonight's pivotal game. Yeah,
5: Rowlett has not missed the playoffs since 2005, and that streak. <sighs> Goes on the line tonight. Uh, it's actually a similar situation as to what they were in last year mm-hmm. in terms of they beat Naaman Forrest the first time in eight in eight, in eight, in eight innings. Uh, Naaman Forest came back and got him this in the rematch. He actually run ruled them thirteen to three, mm-hmm. which kind of gave them the momentum. And then they had a seeding game last year, which Naaman won. So Rallet dropped Rylott to the fourth seed. This year, with the addition of Wiley taking that top spot, it just knocked them down a peg because they basically finished in the mm-hmm. same order. So, you know, Rylott, obviously, uh, it, when it's a one game, winner go home, uh, they're going to pull out all stops. They pitched both Ashton Norberg and Ashley McIlroy this year. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised at all if they both get action tonight uh, to give them just name it for us a, little co- a t- couple of different looks. Um, I like the top of Rylott's order um, with Ashton Norberg, uh, Parker Jones, Maya Brooks, Emily Everett. I mean, they're they they're capable of scoring, but what they're going to have to do tonight is just avoid the mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's as what's got them into trouble is is con- some control problems on the mound and then errors in the field, and all of a sudden they give them an eight spot, and that's just happened far too frequently against the good teams they played. Um, they're certainly capable. Um, as they showed by beating in force the first game, uh, eliminate different mistakes and I think Frallett has an excellent chance tonight.
1: Whoever comes away from that one will draw Plano West in the first round. The <laughs> Plano West team that I'll give you is, give you the floor now, Taylor. At Plano West, which you talk about just a turnaround, mm-hmm. a program that was out of the playoffs last year, a rare, rare miss for Plano West last season. And what did you know that they get their linchpin back and yep. all is happy over on the west side of Plano as they go undefeated in nine six eight. No small feat. That was a quality district. So to emerge from that, and granted they had the close calls and whatnot, they didn't just steamroll everybody. But um, but nevertheless, Plano West certainly looking the part as the best team in 968, and a team that could be hanging around for a bit though in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, I think it all you know begins and ends with with Tatum Boyd. I mean, it's a it's a weird scenario because mm-hmm. you look at a team like McKinney Boyd with Kinsey Cackley, and then you look at a team like Plano West with Tatum Boyd. It kind of comes down to. You know, like you said, with East maybe being the more well-rounded team tonight, comes down to what you have underneath them. And Tatum Boyd is is certainly the the star, um, the showstopper, the reason that you know they went undefeated uh, when it really boils down to it. Because this is the potential they had last season, yeah. and then she goes down, you know what, three, four, five games in a district, something second like that, maybe. Game, yeah, district games. And like misses, I think she missed five games, maybe what I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. and then came back and could kind of hit and kind of pit. It, it, she wasn't ever herself. Yeah. And, you know, you miss out on the playoffs for that, and then you get her back, and this is exactly what they expected, having her back. She's done it um, in the circle at the plate, some huge home runs, including off <laughs> Cackley for you know <laughs> yep. for a win over McKinney Boyd, uh, huge grand slam against Plano East. Nowhere to put her. She's been intentionally walked, but you know, bases loaded. She, uh, she she came through with a with a chance to swing it. So, but like I said, underneath her you have Elisa Rosado, um, you know, center fielder, been around just as long as Tatum Boyd has on varsity. A lot of experience. Morgan Lester hitting behind Tatum Boyd uh, has really enjoyed that. You know, a lot of chances to swing the bat, a lot of chances to swing with people on base. So, yeah, I mean that that region is is shaping up to be a bear for for whoever. It's going to be a slugfest, um, certainly. But you know, with with Boyd healthy uh, and doing her thing, and, and a pretty. Good lineup, top yeah. to bottom. I mean, they're they're for real, and and I think that, uh, like you said, they have the potential to uh, to make some noise for sure.
1: Looking elsewhere throughout those uh, those by district matchups between nine six A and ten six A, you know, you got Prosper and Garland. I'm this plano saxy series has got me <laughs> interested. Um, it's one that I'll be covering later on this week. We don't know the exact, uh, I guess, the schedule yet. Those coaches are meeting this afternoon to figure that stuff out. We can talk about this series, Devin, since we both have uh, schools yeah. in our coverage areas taking place in this. Um, with Plano, it's You look at the record, and it's not just going to fly off the page at you. They're thirteen and twelve. You know, for a team that went to the state semifinals last year, was doing what Plano West did to nine six A last year. This was it was Plano that was just rain, just running, uh, just running shop over in District six six A. They've got you know a lot of kids back from that team that went six rounds deep, two thirds of their lineup. Um, But with them, it's just. The bugaboo of the close game has been has been a thorn in Plano's side this season. They had of the twelve district ball games that they played, nine of them were decided by two runs or less. So on the one hand, like yeah, they're really really comfortable in being in those close quarters. Um, problem is, is that they only had a six uh, three and six record in those games decided by two runs or less. Um, and it's as we were kind of talking about earlier off camera, um, their bugaboo has just been finding ways to win when the offense isn't producing. I mean, for all that experience that they have, and this was an offense that, I mean, they, uh, the number of home runs that they hit in last year's playoff run alone, I want to
4: say <laughs> that was unbelievable.
1: eight of the nine hitters in their lineup had at least one home run during the playoffs. They get more home runs in last year's playoff run than a lot of teams will over the course of an entire season. I've never seen anything like it. And finding that timely offense has just been, I mean, it's why they're three and six in those close, uh, you know, in those close games. But um, all season long, so not just district, all season long, they are just two and nine when scoring three runs less. Less versus being 11 and three when they score more than three runs, um, you know, and they're a solid defensive team too. So it's not just like because obviously, yeah, if you, most teams who score you know three runs or less, it's probably not going to be a you know exactly a winning formula. But their defense is pretty solid. They've over, only given up more than four runs just four times in district play. So I mean, it's it's there, and they've been in every game. Like they ha- they, they they don't get blown out. Yeah. But um, nevertheless, though, it's you know it was something that uh, you know the, the other shoe finally dropped last week against McKinney Boyd because they were able to. Win that one in a fairly improbable walk-off fashion in a game that they were down, you know, from the, you know, from the top of the first inning on through, and they just, it was, but it was a really like improbable.
5: Was it the three in the seventh? Is that? It was, it was the thing?
1: three and the seventh, and it was a really improbable course of events that led to it. I'm not entirely sure that's a repeatable way to, <laughs> to, uh, to, go about business, um, you know, in these close games. But nevertheless, it's a team that does have. You at least do like the experience that they do bring back for a team that is accustomed to the rigors of having to win high stakes playoff games. You know, a pitcher like Audrey McNeill who was you know through some massive innings during the postseason last year including in that you know that maybe maybe the program's biggest win and who knows how long when they beat Keller in the regional final two to one you know players like Kate body uh, Natalie O'Brien Olivia Gorman zoe white all players with at least three years of varsity yeah. experience starting so you do see you wonder if that'll if that'll pay dividends against uh, against thesy team that as you can attest I mean they've just been rolling this season
5: yeah you know they it's 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 hard to say because there's that district it's so there's not, mm-hmm. not not a lot of parody I mean, it's just it's just nice very top heavy with them and wiley and there's a big gap between those two teams and the rest of the district as you can see by the records mm-hmm. i mean it's actually run ruled basically everybody um, won every game comfortably yeah. except for the two games against wiley uh lost the first one in the district opener ten to and then in a far more competitive game they lost five to two against a state-ranked wiley team that has state yeah. tournament designs of its own um you know, it's, it's a you, you brought the experience uh, of, that Plano has. It's actually still a team that's trying to. You know, last year they went two rounds deep. They've been trying to kind of get past that first round for for a while, but they returned most of that team from last year. That got a little taste of success beating Lake Hollins in the first round and being able to make it to that to that area round. Uh, Maddie Boyd is one of the best players uh, in the area that not a lot of people talk about. Uh, she's got two thirty eight ERA, one hundred forty two strikeouts in seventy nine innings. Uh, she's hitting six twenty seven. Wow! Yeah, okay. with with six home runs, fourteen doubles, forty five RBIs, okay. um, you know she she's. She's going to get the call on the mound, um, and she's she's their best hitter. But she's got a lot around her. I mean, Caitlin Lusk, who has pitched in the past, um, you know, kind of set the tone. Uh, Ninety-one plate appearances, thirty-five runs. So, mm-hmm. like, basically one run for two and a half plate appearances, mm-hmm. which for a leadoff hitter is a great stat. Um, but then they, they have you know Bailey Balderson, Alyssa Warren, Caitlin Clem is hitting four thirty-five, and they've gotten a big addition from a couple of freshmen. Uh, Madison McCleary, uh has gotten the call. On the mound at times, she's got a sub three ERA. She's little hitting 495, 20 doubles, 27 RBIs. Kayla Oldhouse is another freshman. She's hitting 380. She hits in that two, two hole, um, so that's been a big boost. Uh, when you get when you get freshmen that can step into an already talented team, uh, it's again I think this is there's some of these series I think that we you can kind of look at from afar and say okay I think the favorites you know yeah. you know there's a clear mm-hmm. favorites. Whereas I think on this one you have you know the 10-6 runner up against the third place team out of a very deep and talented 9 a yeah. and and I think we've, we've run across this on a lot of these 2-3 matchups in between these two districts in all sports. I think it's kind of a coin flip right now. Yeah.
1: You do wonder how much of an impact that'll have as far as just little random subplots, you know, coming from a district where, like, Plano had to just scrape and claw for every last run that they got versus a team like Sachse, which, again, outside of Wiley, they just kind of handled business, and these games were ones that you can, you, know, you can Stand to go fifty percent and still you know have, yeah. your, have your way versus a team like you know it just I any mean, of these nine six eight teams in general. Just I mean there was just nothing came easy for anybody. Even Plano West, I mean mm-hmm. there were games where they were seriously pushed. Yep. Um, but yeah, it should be uh, it should be fascinating. Yeah, that Plano Saxy series I think has got a chance to be a to be a fun one. And then I'm um, will look elsewhere if we guess we can close out this portion of the podcast over in eleven six a uh, Mesquite Horn they draw Belton, Devon state ranked Belton. So just uh,
5: yeah. what is uh, what is in store for the Lady Jaguars? A Belton has been a- a nemesis for teams in my market for several years <laughs> yes. um you know they had sydney holman was a four-year starter at pitcher and i think every for three straight years they knocked out every mesquite isd team that made it and ralette um just i mean that was just the, the, who they drew mm-hmm. and i mean belton is just a it's gonna be a tough challenge um you know this is a horn team that that played well late in the season to get into the playoffs um you know, they had to beat a team ahead of them in the standings to put themselves in a good position to make it. And they did that by beating Rockball Heath, who mm-hmm. finished third. Uh, they kind of used that as a springboard to their head-to-head game against North Mesquite, which is kind of a de facto playoff game. And they were able to come through and win that one handle it, too. You know, Taylor Thompson pitched that game. I, I like what I saw from Taylor Thompson. Alyssa Spurl is an experienced, user, you know, she's got three years of experience uh, pitching, so they can turn to either one of those arms. I really like the top of, their, uh, top of their lineup because it's experienced. Leah Deaver, Tabitha Borden, Megan Youngman. Uh, these are four year starters yeah. that have been through the battles, that have, you know, um, they know what they need to do. Uh, Kaylee Isaac Bautista is kind of a newcomer that's given them some pot uh, in that cleanup spot. So I think Horn's going to be able to score some runs. If you look down at their scores, I mean, they've got some of these 19 to 14 and 14 to 12 crazy type yeah. games that show that they can put runs on the board. The big thing is. Similar to what I talked about for for Roulette is is going to be cutting down the airs. There's also been games where they've had 12 airs. Wow. Ten errors, and you know that you may be able to, be able to skate through and, and get past that in a slugfest during the district season, uh, but not anymore, and certainly not against yeah. Belton.
1: <laughs> and just if you mean if you look at just across this region in general, I mean, for all the promise that a team like Plano West has, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at where the brackets are kind of uh, you know setting up, and if they are able to get to the third round, potentially drawing Wiley, yeah, and whoever wins that is most likely going to see you know number one ranked uh, you know Cedar Ridge twenty four and zero defeated at this point, heading into the Pope season. And then you have a team like Klein Collins on the other end of the bracket, potentially waiting in the regional finals. There's just, there's no, once you get out of those first two rounds, it is just going to be an absolute just bloodbath. Yeah,
4: it gives you the feeling of, you know, sometimes there's regions when you look at the overall playoff picture where it's like, state champion could come from that region. Mm-hmm. Like, if you escape this region and you get to the state tournament, like, who else are you going to see that's not oh, yeah. these cre- Wiley, Klein Go, like everybody you just said. I mean, it's it's a it's going to be a gauntlet. Certainly,
1: and that'll um, yeah, that's just a nice summation of kind of what's in store over in the Class 6A portion of the softball playoffs. Still got plenty of good stuff on the 5A uh, in the 5A classification. We'll pick it up with a look at uh, Region One, some uh, some Colony, some Little Elm. We can throw in a little little Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD talk in just a moment. And let's pick things up with a look at uh, some of the happenings over in Class 5A. Uh, for this portion, I'm being joined by Justin Thomas and Brian Murphy to talk some Region 1 action, and that means uh, a look at the Colony and Little Elm, our two playoff-bound programs out of District 85 5A. Uh, the Colony, the top seed. Little Elm got the two seed. Um, these are two programs. I mean, we start with the Colony because they've been, I mean, if you're just talking just pound-for-pound programs in the Dallas area over these last few years, that's as good as it gets. You know, them and Keller have kind of, and them and Keller and Forney have kind of been the most dominant teams in the Metroplex over the last couple of years. So, um, nevertheless, another stellar campaign for the Lady Cougars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to worry about Forney until, you know, yeah. for, conceivably, unless they get tripped up at some point, but being uh, in a separate just, region for Forney, a nice little sigh of relief and there, at least it would appear to be the on-paper favorite to potentially come out of Region 1.
2: I would say so. But, yeah, they got to be smiling a little bit, not having to face Forney. You know, two years ago, they beat Forney, and I think the third round or the fourth round, mm on their way to the state title and then Forney comes back and beats them in the area where i last year on the way to their state title so the two state champs of the last two years aren't going to meet until the state tournament this year if they can both advance that far so I'm sure neither of them minds that um, so the colony actually doesn't know its opponent yet they'll get either Birdville or Grapevine yep. they're playing a play-in game today, Monday so whoever loses that will finish fourth and draw the colony whoever wins that will get Little Elm I believe yep Um, So we'll see how that plays out later today. But um, either way, Colony's got to be feeling pretty good. Um, Obviously a perfect run through district. They only have a couple losses on the whole season, and one of them was to 6A Team Boyd, one of them was to a Hallsville team that's state-ranked in 5A. And, you know, this is a team that had big expectations, so it's not exactly like they were shying away from tough competition in non-district. And then, um, you know, outside of a one-run game against Birdville and, (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me, Birdville One run game against Denton And there are a couple of games against Little um, One of them which was also one run They pretty much ran roughshod over the rest of the district mm-hmm. So, you know, they have an ace pitcher Carly Charles, an Iowa State signee She's 27-1 and on the year She's top five in the area In ERA, and strikeouts, and wins And then, you know, they have a pretty strong lineup as well That all starts with All-American Jada Coleman, the shortstop He's hitting close to seven hundred forty steals She's an Oklahoma commit. You have Texas Tech commit, J.C. Hamlin, um, another kind of speed demon, high average player. And then they have some younger players that are really picking it up power-wise, Olivia Wicks, some other players like that. Still not sure if they're going to get Kansas signee Madison Hirsch back at all for the playoffs. Um, (coughs) They'll find out pretty soon when she, um, if she gets clearance and then if she's able to Mm -hmm. work her way back. But it doesn't sound like, certainly I wouldn't expect her to play this week. And maybe if she gets clearance and kind of finds her form, she could be back for the later rounds of the playoffs. That would be a huge boost. Uh, She's a player that you know, if you recall, two years ago she hit 18 homers and was you know the player of the year, one of the you know premier hitters in the whole state. But she's been banged up last year and then missed, hasn't hit pretty much at
1: all this year. So if they could get her back, what a huge boost that would be for them. Brian, with Little Elm, they will draw, again, either Grapevine or Birdville in that first round. So their first-round opponent is, as of this moment, though, undetermined. Um, nevertheless, though, the Lady Lobo's program that was said them and Colony were the class of, of District mm-hmm. 8-5A. So what do you kind of forecast for what could be in store for Little Elm during its latest playoff run?
3: You know, I, last year their playoff run was short-lived, a little disappointing, mm-hmm. especially after they swept Independence in that first round. You know, they lost kind of a surpriser to Sulphur Springs. Mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of people, myself included, weren't expecting, you know, that exit in the second round. I think they are, you know, locked and loaded, in and ready for a deeper playoff run this time around. You know, Lauren Lucas is a year older. She's now a junior. You know, one of the clear leaders of this team. You know, Izzy Fielder made the move from shortstop to third base. She has been phenomenal. Uh, the lone, believe the lone senior in the starting lineup. She's a captain of this team as well. And, you know, it's another year with head coach Jill Miller. Last year was her first year after moving from Naaman. And now the second year with her, they've kind of – she's got her, her philosophy implemented in the team mm-hmm. and everything. So I think they're, they're really rolling, you know, at the right time. And outside of those games against the Colony, they have just blew everyone out of the water. But they had that close call with Denton Ryan last week, a game I was at. They hung on to win that one 6-5. to five. And it was a game that they needed. You know, uh, right before the playoffs, they needed a game like that to kind of say, "Hey, the playoffs are going to be like this. You're not going to be winning." You know, they they ended the season ten to three against Northwest. You're not going to be winning playoff games ten to three. Yeah. Maybe in the first round, who knows? But you know, the second, third, and especially if they make it to the regional tournament, those games are going to be close. You're going to be playing teams similar caliber to the Colony, and so that's another reason why I think a big you know playoff run. Could be in store for for Little M because they played the Colony the closest they've ever played them uh, the last you know since the Colony became you know this reign of terror softball team since Jada Coleman and, and the rest of that Division One crew that's a that's a Division One college <laughs> softball team uh, right there but yeah no I I, I could see Little M making it to um, to the third round and you know, we could hope for a. Matchup with the colony way later down the road in the playoffs. One, one could,
1: one could hope, right? If there is a, just looking quickly over just the TGCA rankings, um, it does look like there is at least another team in the top ten in, uh, you know, in Region One, not in El Paso. Uh, I don't know how this is pronounced. Chapin, Chapin. Sure. Yeah. One of those. Yeah, they're they're ranked number five in the state, twenty seven and four. You know, one spot ahead of the colony at twenty three and two. Um, so yeah, who knows? That could be a theoretical regional final or whatnot. But um, yeah, nevertheless, a look at some of the uh, happenings at least within the colony and Little Elm as far as Region One Five A goes. We'll touch in on uh, Region Two Five A a sec, But while we got you here, Justin? You got some of uh, some happenings over in Carrollton Farmers Branch I S D. With a uh, speaking of state ranked teams, yeah, Creekview went undefeated in district play and without a ton of resistance in getting there. they are uh, The Lady Mustangs are ranked number 14 in the state um, and just absolutely rolling. So the chance for, uh, you know, for Creekview to make a little bit of noise in the playoffs, yep. they um, they start things off. I want to say against like, Samuel. Dallas Samuel, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just what do you kind of foresee as far as what could be in store for Creekview during this postseason?
2: Well, I don't think they should get much trouble from Samuel. I wouldn't <laughs> expect that be a game that they should uh, take care of business in. But then moving forward, they could get one of Brian seems maybe a Frisco program or a Lovejoy or something mm-hmm. like that, but <clears throat> a really good season. They go undefeated in district play. Um, they have one of the area's top players in junior, Caitlin Larkin. Um, she's another one of those kind of hybrid players that, you know, does it in the circle and at the plate. She's their top hitter and their top pitcher, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, they've got some younger players that have stepped up um, when you look at their roster. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, um, sophomores Lauren Orozco and Madison Martin and, and are having good years, and then um, Abby Scotch is kind of the uh, spark plug from the leadoff spot for the Lady Mustangs. Um, you know, tough to put a whole lot of stock in what they did in that district because, you know, cause they just pretty much dominated it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when we're looking at their non district competition, they had some tough opponents and seemed to equate themselves pretty well. So I don't see them getting tripped up by any any way by Samuel and we'll see what happens after that when they start facing some tougher teams like out of the Frisco. district. Yeah. I remember
3: last year in 14-5A they finished you know, second to last or something like that. They were getting blown out by the Colony, Little Elm, Prosper, all those teams. They even lost to Lake Dallas a game. Why, how are they able to turn things around so Well, perfect? they
2: are a second year with their head coach Amber him, so I'm sure that's brought a little more continuity to it and it might just be uh, kind of a matter of some more experience from some of those younger players mm-hmm. that were
1: just freshmen last mm-hmm. year and now have that Year of experience under their belt as sophomores, the the uh, the bi district dynamic between districts eleven five A and twelve five A at times like you know you had like, in volleyball when R L Turner was the four seed yeah. and they and they swept Kimball yeah, as the district they, champion so <laughs> easily <laughs> you might be yes yeah, so there might be a case where because you look at because CFB has another team at the four seed um, mm-hmm. Newman Smith and they will draw I believe Sunset yeah. in the first round matchup and I mean I don't I, uh, we don't know a whole lot about what district twelve five A has in yeah. store but I don't know it it might be a chance to uh, Another chance for some some awkward by district matchups. Definitely, where seeding necessarily doesn't matter. Definitely seems two. like
2: a uh, pairing where the eleven could get all the victories mm-hmm. and go four zero. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's the makings of that to me. Yeah.
1: And let's see. Yeah, that is a look at at least Region 1-5A, a little preview of what's in store over in Region 2-5A. But obviously, Brian, when we think of Region 2-5A, still got plenty more to talk about with Fresco I S D. McKinney North had a great season. Love, Joe, as well. Um, Mesquite Potete, And we will uh, touch on the rest of our Region 2-5A programs after a quick line change in a moment. All right, and now time
3: to uh, close out this uh, this edition of the Softball Playoff Preview podcast. Oh, uh, you know, we did a little bit of line change. Kendrick Johnson's here, Brian Murphy and and Devin Hassan here to talk region two five A, where you know, we have a bunch of teams. I have the majority of these, you <laughs> yes, know, with, course, with my, always <laughs> with my big Frisco district. Uh, with four teams of course making it out of Frisco ISD. Kendrick Frisco and Fr- there's going a, a, one one on one yet again. The, so yeah, so you're you're your lone
6: region two five A squad, McKinney North. One district 10-5-8 yeah. Went undefeated Pops to Coach um, Olivia Gwynn And her team They did their thing This is her final job uh, Final year She's getting married In the summertime So this is kind of Like their last Like Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade Had his last dance They're having their last dance For Coach Gwynn They're kind of okay. rallying around that And for them This program's been open For 19 years And it's the 19th appearance In the playoffs So they're used to being here. This is nothing That's new For these pretty kids Pretty consistent right there so, But the flip side is They have not gotten out The first round In the last nine and years And why that? Because the Boogeyman, <laughs> aka Frisco Wakeland, was in and their that, way. I swept them the last. I'll take that. Right, they split. They went three games two years ago. Last year they got one hit in two games. Props to Miss um, Fritz, Kendall Fritz, Fritz, who's now pitching at the University of Nevada. Uh, so but she's she's gone, and Wakeland's gone too. They're not even in the place the playoffs and, this and, year. And to a girl, the girl said that made them a better team because they, they got experience playoffs. This particular group, and they they of course no one wants to get get one hit in two games and go home so that made them work on being better players and better hitters mm-hmm. and as a team their batting average is 385 this year so strong. whoever North's gonna play they gotta have some good pitching or better have some heck of fireworks so it's gonna be a firework display when those girls are in the bat they can hit 1 through 9 I think um, they've had like over 15 girls at home runs and they're batting like I said 385 for the team they got um, 5 five to 6 girls that got 10 RBIs or more so they're world-balanced squad, so wherever Frisco well, bottom feeder comes in, it's going to have to have some explosion. This might be one of the more
3: dangerous four seeds in the playoffs in any district right now. <laughs> Frisco Lone Star, you know, they looked you know, dead and out a couple weeks ago back on, on April 1st when I saw them lose to Reedy 5-2. to I talked to head coach Tom Thuman after the game. I said, Coach... It's not looking good What's it going to take With five games left Y'all still have to play Centennial Y'all still have to play Heritage who was kind of In the mix there a little bit And then of course They had to play Wakeland Friday in the season finale And the winner of that game Was the final score that game 23-8. Twenty-three to eight. So you you said uh, you hope this Frisco team that they play you know can bring the heat can uh, can bring the offensive explosion. They've been doing just that. They beat Centennial in extra innings. You know the the best hitting team in Frisco. They had a chance to win the district title on Friday uh, as well. And then obviously they put up twelve runs against Heritage. They put up thirteen runs against Lebanon Trail. And then they put up twenty-three runs against Wakeland and eliminate Wakeland from playoff contention the team that's been the powerhouse over the last you know Four or five years, they're alongside Frisco and a little bit of Centennial uh, as well. But Wakeland's kind of been the cream of the crop, and they're not in the playoffs. And so, I, I, I don't know. Was North kind of hoping to play a, a Kendall Fritzless uh, Wakeland
6: team? Yeah, or? no, they—they, they, they, I think they didn't want to play Wakeland at all, uh, just, just just based just off history. Of the, the history, just somebody <laughs> new, fresh face. Yeah, they, they're very. The, um, Popster Coach they had a heck of a non-district schedule where they played high-profile teams like Argyll and stuff like that. That to get them ready to get them ready mm-hmm. so it won't mean they the seen for they'll be, definitely be prepared and i think they'll check their chances in a shootout versus one and two, two one games, but yep. uh, Reagan she she's got 55 Ks and a uh, 1.02 ERA, so it's not bad. Okay, see they got to deal with uh, you know a lineup with
3: Morgan Reeve, who's among the district leaders in home runs. She's a cleanup hitter. Uh, Ford Lone Star she has eight homers on the year. Autumn Benavides, freshman shortstop, you know, promising player. Coach Tom Thuman is very excited about her future. She had a grand slam. On on Friday as well, the team had five home runs in that game. So hopefully they didn't run run out
6: <laughs> of all their hits and, and waste all their home runs. And I'm looking my like, stats right now. They got Caitlin Dearham. She's got 16 RBIs, 17 runs scored this is this district. You got Lauren Ledbetter, 19 RBIs, 13 runs, Paige Capel, 22 runs, 16 RBIs, Sierra Fabian, 20 runs, 14 RBIs. So they got a versatile lineup. So I guess we're going to be expecting some, since they're playing a series. So uh, 11, first one to 10 wins. Well, <laughs> and, and I don't think
5: you can discount the fact that coming out of that Frisco district gets you battle tested. I know with my teams in the past, Poteet in particular, uh, who will roll through a district, um, and have maybe one or two challenges, uh, since, seems, I guess, similar That's to the what North. McLean North has been doing. Lovejoy was their challenge. Um, but, but, yeah, and Lovejoy was the challenge for Potito the last couple of years as well, uh, as well as Forney, obviously. But then they get to the playoffs and they run into one of those Frisco teams and those Frisco teams are so battle-tested and they were able to it was close. That Poteet played Kittle Fritz in Wakeland a couple of years ago, and it came down to the last mm-hmm. inning. Uh, Poteet had the game, the winning run on second base, uh, but she was able to get out of it. But I think that experience that Wakeland had in playing all those tough competitions, playing those tough games, kind of pulled them through in the end and allowed them not to lose their composure and be able to pull out that winning go on, obviously. Yeah,
3: much like soccer, this I, this district isn't as good as it is in soccer, but it, it's close. You know, you have at least five or six teams. You it, For sure, five teams that could make a playoffs in any other district. I mean, look at Wakeland. They're left on the outside sure. looking in, and they would definitely be in the playoffs in 10 5A. That is a uh, fact. Yeah. That is a fact. They would make it over a Denison or, or a Wiley East uh, over there. Yeah, I think I'd pick Wakeland over
5: Kaufman or Terrell. So, you know. It's yeah. Just...
3: It's just that, you know, brutal 10 team district with, you know, just abundance of talent. Uh, and then looking over uh, Centennial, they played Denison. They, they finished second uh, in the district after losing Friday uh, in a in a rare uh Offensive performance uh, by the Lady Titans. They had scored at least 10 runs in all of their games, but three uh, times this year. And they were held to just two runs uh, against Independence, who went on to win the district championship behind Savannah Williams. Pitched a great game, one of their top hitters. uh, And also Macy Allen hit a big three-run home run in that game. So congrats to independence They take on Wiley East uh, this week in the first round of the playoffs. Centeno takes on Denison. uh, And Reedy, they will take on Lovejoy. Reedy. Reedy,
6: they're always in the mix.
3: Reedy's in the mix in everything. Man, it's 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 been an impressive run. You know what? Just three, four years of us be, you know being in existence, uh, pretty pretty solid. There, you mentioned Poteet. Yes. just a while ago they're back in the playoffs again they are, what, what, who, are they, who are they facing and what, what's what's going on with them as the, as the postseason they, they
5: draw they draw Midlothian who was the 14-5A uh, um, runner up obviously we're on the other side of the bracket than than your schools over there so it's a little bit harder to harder to forecast exactly how tough mm-hmm. those teams are because we don't they're not even anywhere close to what we're doing um but you know it's, it's it's been a nice it's been a nice season that they had a, a first year head coach in Amanda Lale who was actually a former pitcher for Horn so she's a she's a local product hmm. um, was able to lead them back to the playoffs you know it's Poteach is it's a solid team um, Ariana Chapel Iona uh, Rainwater uh, have, have kind of handled the pitching duties they can I mean They've not been afraid in years past to to use two pitchers, even in the same game. They don't have a dominant ace, so they just try to give you different looks. Uh, Hallie Hannah-Hale is one of the best hitters in the area. She's hitting about five she She's got a little bit of power in the bat. Uh, So does Michaela Geislin, Trinity Jackson, Miranda Chavez. They've got a solid lineup. I just don't know necessarily how that's going to equate to playoff softball because outside of Forney, and that's a pretty good measuring stick, you know, they're defending state champion. But, you know, Forney, as they did with every team in the district, had their way with them and they you know it wasn't much of a challenge so you know again not having seen uh, a lot of common opponents between them and midlothian uh, we'll see what happens and this is you know we i speculate every sport uh, on these matchups because it's hard to tell uh, but i always say they had the potential to go two or three rounds deep and a lot of my teams in that mesquite area coming out of that 5a region uh, region two have been able to do that so we'll see it, it may be over in one night uh, they play Thursday at five o'clock at Mansfield Timberview, and Game Two is thirty minutes after Game One, which is kind of rare because it's usually they do that in Games Two and Three. So uh, we could have two games. It could be over on Thursday night uh, if they go uh, if they do need a Game Three, they'll come back to Mansfield Timberview uh, Friday at seven o'clock. Interesting. Oh,
6: oh my, go ahead. Oh, one question for both of y'all: Is there any one person that can dictate, like for instance, uh, in my 6 a school, Kenzie Tackley could pitch you to a regionals if you get some one game, one and done, and that's. Boys, uh, top uh, pitcher in the so state. Is there anybody in, in y'all teams that got that one pitcher? If they if they flip them points and they get, hey, it's just gonna be a one gamer that that, that, that one pitcher could carry them. And we're just talking region two, yeah, just region So two. just
3: my Frisco district, Michaela Wark with with Reedy. She's one of the top pitchers uh, in the area. She might be in running for pitcher of the year in that district. She's also one of the top hitters. You know, so it could be an MVP candidate <laughs> there as well. She could be a, a difference maker. Uh, I I don't know it's it's a it's a collective well, it's, it's, it's rare.
5: Yeah. I mean how many teams in the state have somebody like that for you know, sure is, you know two and a half strikeouts it, per inning almost you, or whatever you look really at Frisco Centennial,
3: you know their lineup from two through eight. Is nicknamed the Bomb Squad. Really, one through eight. It's a, it's a, it's a thing <laughs> on Twitter. The, the coach said, you know, we, we talked about it last week. She's like, man, I think I came up with that, and it just kind of stuck. You know, they have three different players with six home runs. You know, they just have, you know, in the, the, the meat of that lineup. That's why it was so crazy that they only held the two runs against Independence last week. But yeah, so I mean, it's not just one player with these teams. It's. You know, they, they, it's all the way around for, for teams like Centennial and, and Independence. Really all four of my playoff teams. It's it, The whole team is balling
6: right now. So so, so where are you going to be? Are you, are you going to be at the Independence...
3: I'm not sure yet. I gotta, I gotta.
6: There's, I gotta weigh some things out. Some of my series are Wednesday, Francisco, Thursday, Friday, people, I, I and mean, we low star, low star people at him so that he can go to that McKinney North game. Yeah, well, and, and,
5: and, and as always, we have to uh, pay attention to Mother Nature as well exactly. because we could have our plans yep. set right now, and it all is different by and Wednesday.
3: So <laughs> we're, we're 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 recording this right now on a Monday and. Supposedly, it's supposed to be bad Tuesday <laughs> and Wednesday. We'll see, you know, how the, the forecast changes and whatnot. But yeah, so there's a lot of my dish, a lot of my uh, games are Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There's a chance some of those Wednesday games could not even be played. We'll see, uh, but make sure to stay tuned for that. And luckily, none of our teams, Devin, are playing forney in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. Yes. So yeah, make sure to stay tuned for that. And then later this week, we will have uh, we'll stick with softball. Add a little baseball theme into the podcast. Little. Possible MVP discussion, so make sure to, to stay tuned for that later this week. Keep the lock and loaded on Star Local Media.
6: See us
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocaljobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements.